Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Faculty at three Illinois schools have had enough, and the wave of academic discontent doesn't stop in Illinois. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Chicago State University faculty are continuing their strike today after walking off the job early last week. This comes after more than a year of failed negotiations with university leadership. Meanwhile, staff at Eastern Illinois University followed suit on Thursday. And tomorrow, teachers at Governor State University will hit the picket line as well. So what's driving the faculty strikes at Illinois' public universities? We're joined now by Valerie Goss, Associate Professor of Chemistry at Chicago State University. She's also the CSU Faculty Union President. Valerie, you're joining us from the picket line this morning. So set the scene. What are you seeing and how long do you plan to be there today? Well, um, at the moment, I'm sitting uh, in a fellow faculty member's car uh, parked uh, near the corner of 95th and King Drive. And I'm watching out, looking at our picket line because I I wanted to stay close by and engage. So what's it looking like? We'll we'll be here. There's a... at least 100 people over there, cameras, um, cars going by and honking horns. Uh, but, you know, certainly there's very few students, uh, if any, uh, on campus. But we're, we're at the corner, lots of, lots of people marching, beats mm-hmm. uh, rolling up under them with the picket sign. Yes. So in a few minutes, we're going to check in with a higher ed reporter on the overall trend that we're seeing at public universities. But talk to us about Chicago State specifically. What drove you and your colleagues to strike? Yeah, I, I appreciate this question. Um, you know, the major uh, issues, I'll put them to you bluntly, the, the two are compensation uh, and our workload. And so I'll talk about the workload first and then pick up the compensation piece. Sure. Um, when, when you know, I think that, that folks will understand that when you work, uh, you know, extra hours, you will get um, extra pay, right? And you may get that pay coming at a premium. Um, so we, as faculty and individuals who are helping our students with advising, we're doing the work and working more hours and we're not getting paid for the work that we're doing. And then when we do the extra work, it doesn't come at a premium. Um, it's it's actually a, a much less rate. And mm-hmm. this is not new, right? This is not new. It has been this way for, for quite a bit of time. So um, that's just one kind of instance where we yeah. see that there needs to be some balance between, um, you know, the work that we actually uh, are doing and we're actually getting paid for, of course, that impacts the time that we can actually help the students do what things they need, need to do. Right, In right. Fact, faculty leave, you know, they're at work, they're working, and then when they come home, they're working still more. Um, and, you know, again, we're not getting compensated yeah. So, adequately. so it sounds like you're you're seeing the main sticking points: wages and the workload. Any other issues on the table? Yeah. Um, we've had, um, you know, some other uh, minor issues. We've we've cleaned a lot of those up, but I'd like to say that these are the major ones. Yeah. 
CSU held a, a bargaining session this past Saturday. How did that go? Um, I think that, um, you know, I'll say it this way, that people are there from both sides, and I think that both sides are working. Uh, but we still have not reached a solution. We still haven't come to an agreement. So there was some work done by mm-hmm. both teams. Yeah, but the So some progress, but not n- not all the way. We're not all the way there yet. I, I I would say we're you know we're we're returning we're returning uh, the wheel, but I I don't think it's moving any place at the moment. So we're we're there and we're talking, but we we haven't made any change to the proposals at all that that are that will be meaningful for the members. In a statement to WBEZ, the university says, "quote." The proposed salary increases were converted to a uniform dollar amount, which would permit a significant percentage of the bargaining unit to receive over 3 percent and as much as 7 percent in the first year of the contract. The union ended the negotiations without responding to the offer, end quote. So it's a little bit jargony, Professor, but basically it's saying their last offer was a between 3 and 7 percent wage increase and that now the ball's in your court. So is that a step in the right direction I think, I to you? I think that that's, you know, they they may characterize it that way. But may I explain to you our we our side of looked at looked sure, at and what we yeah, and so what we see is that, and I'll try to put it as plainly as I can. If you have all the pigs, you know, in a in a box, and you turn them all to the left, and then you turn them around and turn them all to the right. Did you increase the number of pigs? I don't think so. Mm. so what, right? So what has happened is an idea that is similar to restructuring the same dollars that they are working with. So there wasn't any increase to um, the members in that way. Mm. What's your reaction when you see... Make- yeah. Go ahead. I, I hope that that made. I hope that that, that was clear. It made sense um, to me. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that was clear. So I'm curious your reaction then to other university faculties striking. Eastern Illinois, uh, Governor State. They plan to strike tomorrow. What's your take on this this movement happening at public universities in Illinois? I think you know when I look at this uh, across the landscape, we, we can see that there must have been some disinvestment over time. And this needs to now be brought back into balance. And the the individuals at all of these institutions are among the lowest paid. And I think same issues, those that are related as well to workload and other specific items. Yeah. You know, the this needs to be addressed. So what's and next? This is important. This is, and I want to say this is important because we have students that are, you know, who are in need of having the opportunities to be able to advance in careers. And they, this is, you know, it's almost as if the opportunities are being cut off. Yeah. So what's next then for, for CSU professors? Like, what's your next step if negotiations with the administrators today. fail, we have we have bargaining today. Okay. Well, everyone knows I'm the optimistic one. We have bargaining today, um, and I'm hopeful that you know we will be able to reach some agreements today. Each day we go in, 
um, and we're prepared to roll up our sleeves and, and do the work. So that those are our next steps. We're always looking forward to having that opportunity to meet and be able to come to an agreement so that we can get our faculty who want to be back in the classrooms and working with the students. Valerie Goss is the Chicago State University Faculty Union President. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. As we mentioned earlier, Chicago State University is not the only public university to strike in recent weeks. So on the line now to give us sort of the lay of the land here is Lisa Phillip, higher education reporter for WBEZ. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Sasha. So this larger trend that's happening, what's going on? Yeah, so I think what we're seeing is the result of 20 years of, uh, you know, declining state funding in public higher education in Illinois. Um, According to some recent analyses and and data from the Illinois Board of Higher Education, state funding uh, for higher education has gone down by nearly 50% in the past 20 years when adjusting for inflation. So that's that's been a huge cut. And why why was that cut, Lisa? Um, so what I've heard from uh, people who work in, uh, you know, budget accountability in the state is that, and in higher education, is that higher education is sort of seen as this, like, low-hanging fruit for budgetary cuts because it has an independent source of revenue. So unlike social services, unlike public safety, colleges can charge their consumers um, the uh, tuition. So mm-hmm. it's it's been seen as a place where you can make cuts without very many repercussions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to that end, public universities in Illinois, they've seen this steady drop in funding as well as a steady increase in tuition and fees. Yes. Yeah. So just to give an idea of like what the bit breakdown and how that's sort of changed in terms of uh, university revenue. So public funding 20 years ago used to account for 70% of public university funding in the state. Um, and then the rest of 30% remaining was made up in tuition and, and fees. Mm. And now that's completely flipped. It's nearly a 70-30 breakdown the other way where 70% is coming from tuition and fees and 30% is coming from public funding. So that's had some big ramifications for the way these universities are functioning and, and their health. We should also note that uh, these aren't the first local strikes of the year in higher ed. UIC faculty were on strike for nearly a week in January. This was before coming to terms with their administration. So are all public universities in Illinois in the same boat? Lisa, Like, does the size of the university matter when it comes to this? Um, you know, I would say that the this decline in public investment has hit smaller schools like governor state, like Chicago state, especially hard because these schools tend to serve more low-income students, more um, students who've been underserved by public education in the past, the marginalized communities, like students of color, and they're less able to bear the cost of tuition. So you have these schools that are trying to keep their tuition low, um, they've definitely had to increase it in some cases, but, you know, that's hurting their enrollment because students are in, are unable to pay for increased tuition. And, and also, because of public funding decreases, these smaller universities have been less able to 
offer grants for students who need it to, mm-hmm. to get them to come to their school. So it's, it's I think, especially impacted these smaller regional schools um, yeah. in, in more difficult ways. So the, the enrollment decline, I mean, that compounds a school's financial struggles. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you, uh, you know, one person described it as kind of like the, this downward death spiral where you have to make these spending cuts, and because of that, you're not able to offer as many classes. You might have to cut degree programs, and then the university becomes less appealing for students. Or, you know, a student in a place like um, Charleston, Illinois, who's heading to Eastern Illinois and maybe needs a certain or, you know, wants to head there because they are tied to that community in some Mm -hmm. way. Like maybe they work there. Maybe they're raising a family there. And let's say they want a certain degree that's not offered at Eastern because it's been cut. Yeah. Um, You know, that person might forego that uh, degree program and, and the social mobility that comes with it. Right. And Chicago State University and Eastern Illinois University, let's talk about the the demographic makeup of the students who attend these schools, Lisa. Who's being most affected here? Definitely students who haven't traditionally had access to higher ed. You know, I've talked to a lot of folks recently who've talked about this kind of like cinematic or like this movie version of college that people have that it's like, 18-year-olds who are, you know, fresh out of high school and heading to this Ivy League campus. But the reality is a lot of students served, especially by these schools, are, you know, they might be older, they have jobs, they have their own families, um, or they come from communities of color. Um, and in our, like I mentioned before, some way, in some way tied to their community, and they can't necessarily go to a place like UIC or even U of I and go and live on the dorms, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so Chicago State is especially notable because nearly seven out of 10 of their students are black. And that makes them the only majority black public university in Illinois. Um, but but most of these smaller regional schools, they either have, you know, large populations of students of color and or students who come from low-income um, communities. Yeah. What would it cost universities to, to meet teachers with what they're asking for? How would that change their fiscal bottom line? Yeah, I mean, that's hard to say. I know that in the case of Chicago State, the union, and I, I'm not sure exactly where the stands right now, but I, I know that the union had said that the discrepancy between what they're asking for and what the administration off is offering is $300,000. And just to put that in some perspective, that's like half a percent of the university's budget. Um, but, you know, the thing there, and, and that's, I should say that's per year over, the, you know, of the contract. So it's a four-year contract. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, you know, the union members have brought up the fact that their president is paid currently at least $400,000 a year. Um, she's, I think she's the fourth highest paid president in the state in terms of public university leaders. So you see this kind of like a question of fiscal priorities, right? And yeah. like, what is the administration prioritizing versus where their, their financial constraints are? And I think yeah. there are some questions remaining there. 
so I mean, my question for you is just what's next, right? We we talked about this uh, first quarter. Really, we're just out of the first quarter of the year. We've already seen that strike in January. Now these this wave here. Could we see a continued wave of faculty strikes throughout 2023? Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Um, just, you know, to throw a fourth university in there, I know that faculty, I've done some reporting on faculty at Northeastern Illinois University here in Chicago. They're taking a strike vote this week because they've been in contract talks for uh, the better part of a year. Um, so this is not unusual, mm. and I think faculties are looking at each other and seeing what's happening, and they're probably going to keep an eye on Chicago State because that's the first of this wave. But, you know, we saw UIC faculty strike in January, and although it's it's a different circumstance in that it's in a bigger university, they have uh, more substantial financial resources. Right. The faculty had a lot of success there in their strikes, so I think you know the, the, these other faculty unions are looking towards that and looking towards each other. Right. And, and these all of these financial, just this downward financial trend and trend in public investment has really squeezed faculty members. And I think it's you know it, it we're yeah. finally hit. They're they're drawing a line in the sand for sure. Lisa Phillips, a higher education reporter at WBEZ. Thanks for the update, Lisa. Thanks for having me, Sasha. That episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Brenda Ruiz and edited by Meha Ahmed. If you want to check out more of WBEZ's great education reporting, head to WBEZ.org. You can read that story from Lisa Phillip and a lot more. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.